the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If you know anything about us here at Way of Grace and Grace Bible Church in Hayward, you'll know that we go theme by theme, year by year. This year, 2023, it's Arise, Move, and Go. Join us. Way of Grace, coming up next. Again, welcome. This is Way of Grace from Grace Bible Church in Hayward and online at grace-bible.com. Arise, move, and go. Alertness and obedience. Now, this is the theme that we have chosen for the year 2023, and it's taken right out of John chapter 14, verses 20 through 31. It's the Spirit's purpose, and that is to move inside of you and I as we follow Christ, His ministry, His sufferings, and His glory. Join us. Here's Pastor Jessica Stand as we begin our series, Arise, Move, and Go. We're in John's Gospel, Chapter 14. I'm going to be dealing with three fundamental points, but I'm going to be building a theme that you at Grace will be inundated with for probably the next 15 weeks. And the theme is given to us by our Lord in the 31st verse, the latter part. It's an imperative given to his disciples by application that would also mean us. And therefore, whatever he says to them, he is saying to us as well. The third clause in verse 31 of chapter 14 says, even so do I arise and let us go hence. The title of our message is arise, move and go. That would be a distillation of a very complex or technical uh, imperative given here, but I want you to remember that because this is going to be our theme for the year 2023, arise, move, and go. And to peer into that a little bit exegetically, the subtitle is alertness and obedience. I want you to be thinking about that, alertness and obedience. These are the ideas that we're going to cultivate and try to frame in scriptural narrative and, and, uh, and exhortation and, of course, warning, alertness and obedience. In the year 2023, it's going to be imperative that some of us, and I could say to everyone in the room, that we're going to have to have the grace to be more alert in 2023 than we have been ever before. Alertness will grant you the capacity to actually be obedient. You cannot be obedient to something that you are not aware of. And when our Lord is using the phraseology here, arise, move, and go, he's speaking to his disciples about a very critical part 
of the ministry that is right at hand in his own life and soon to be theirs. Now let's consider the words in front of us under this thought. The text is really about love. The text is really about agape, the love of God. It's actually referring to that vertical love of God that can be described in terms of the triune persons revealing themselves to people in such a way that it compels them to respond to God in a way of obedience. This is what Jesus says more than eight times in chapter 14. He conditions and and he affirms over and over again in chapter 14 that love really amounts to obedience to God. That's what it amounts to. He says this over and over again. And when we talk about this vertical love of God at the agape level, the agape level, what I am stating that Jesus had said remarkably starting in verse 21 through 23 is that love can be described in the personification of the father and son in a relationship by which the son is more than glad to do what his father tells him to do. So love can be described as a personification of the father and son. Y'all know that paradigm. I've taught y'all that. Love is described in this context as personified in the father's will being willingly executed on the part of the son and manifest to the world as to really what love is in a familial relationship. I hope you got that. That agape in this context is about the personification of the father and son operating in a collaboration by which the world knows that the son loves the father. Look again at verse 31, the opening portions of that, but that the world may know. Did you see it? But that the world may know. What does that mean? It is a missional objective to make manifest to everyone something that they don't readily know right now. What is the son saying? You are going to participate with me in a task by which the world will know that the son loves the father. I want to back it up just a little bit and grab a hold to some of your hearts because you will tell everybody on the planet that you are a child of God. If you are indeed a child of God, you must know something of the subjective reality of this vertical love of a relationship between a father and a son. If you know it, then you understand that the outcome of that love in our heart is that we too, like Jesus, wants the world to know that the son loves the father. That's what he's saying to them. In fact, it's so repeated in this uh, 14th chapter. Start with me at verse 15 and notice how he builds. I could start at verse one, but I'm afraid that some of y'all will quickly translate to a funeral service and miss the point. But in verse 15, he says, uh, verse 15 uh, of chapter 14, he says, if you love me, Do what? 
Those are very conditional terms, are they not? I've taught many of you that love is never unconditional. The notion that love is unconditional is an oxymoronic a sort of paradoxical, permissive lie that our culture tries to hijack and make everything all right. But in reality, love is a law unto itself. And wherever God talks about his law or his love for us and our love from him, for him, it's always conditioned upon him being good and us obeying. And it's important to know here that what Jesus is doing after verses 1 through 11, laying out his larger objective to go prepare a place that we may be where he is in the fulfillment of his obedience to his father. He's now calling us into that mission, but he's predicating that on the assumption that you love Christ. Look at it again in verse 15. I'm going to drill this home. The first 15 minutes of this message. If you get it, you can disregard the rest. If you don't get this first 15 minutes, you will fail to understand the imperative that Christ is giving in John chapter 15. If you love me, those are conditional terms. If you love me, keep my commandments. Those are conditional terms and they come with major promises. Would you agree with that? And the promises are inherent in the text. Follow with me. Look over at verse 21 and hear Jesus say it again. This is absolutely remarkable. In chapter 14, he says over in 21, he that hath my commandments and keeps them, he is the one that what? See what Jesus is doing as he's making his way to the most Vivid expression of his love for his father. He's letting his disciples know, don't let anyone get away with talking about, oh, how I love Jesus and do not keep his commandments. Because what he's about to lay out is the critical grounds upon which the love of God will be made available to human beings at a level of experience that really words cannot utter. Listen to what he says. He says in verse 21, the one that keeps my commandments, that hath my commandments, that means you have to be taught and then keeps them. That means you have to highly regard them and value them as something that takes on shape and form in your life. Right. A lot of people know the Bible, but do they keep it? Do they guard it? Do they cherish it? Does it move them daily to affirm their sonship with God? That's what Christ is saying. Now, watch what he says. He it is that loves me. Do you see it? So again, the concept of agape is, being, agape is being pulled up, right? But now notice the next clause. And he that once again, what? Loves me shall be what? Loved of my father. Do you see it? And I will love him and I will manifest myself to him. Stop right there. You understand what Jesus just said? He says, love will make it to where the triune God will sit on the throne of your heart as all three persons affirming your sonship by a constant revelation of themselves to you. Amen. Do you see that? This is profoundly subjective. This is not just some theory hanging out in the air that you can take and kind of just banty about on a theological level. What did Jesus just say? If you keep my commandments, then I know you love me. And if you love me, 
my father, future indicative verb form, will love you. That means the father is going to respond in a certain kind of way because of the residence of Christ's love in your heart. Are y'all keeping up with me? The father is going to act in a certain way when he sees the love of the believer for Christ. And what John, what Jesus says is the father is going to come in a fashion that can only be described as the work of the third person. We'll get there. He's going to come in a way in which both the father and the son will reside in our hearts. I want to make sure you don't lose that into mysticism or postmodern irrationalism. What he means, again, is that the residence of the father and the son in your heart is your composite understanding of the relationship between the father and the son as a revelation of the will of the father in the son, which then becomes for you and I the missional objective to replicate the same thing. When you and I understand agape in terms of the father loves the son, does he not? This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And I might mark while I have your attention all through the gospels, Jesus says over and over and over, the father loves me. And then he will explain from time to time. And here's the reason why. I always do those things that he tells me to do. He has no problem letting the world know he has somebody that rules over him, that watches over him, that guides him and tells him what to do. He has no problem telling the world, as he told the disciples, not only does my father love me, but my father has given me commandment what I should say and what I should do. And over and over again, Jesus doesn't even mind telling people when I say what I say and when I do what I do. Guess what? It's not me. It's the father working through me. My words are not mine, he says. Mine are, are the father's. My works are not mine alone, but they are of the father. Does anybody keep up with what I'm saying? I am stating that Jesus is never acting independent of himself but in a constant collaboration between the father and son so that agape always underscores a familial relationship of objective and purposes and mandates and a willing compliance on the part of the family of God to do exactly what father says because the father loves the son. And now you found out in verse 31, the son loves the father back. Jesus is laying this down to his disciples because his disciples have been have been drawn into the web of love. Have they not? Have not these 11 men been drawn into the web of the father's love? We're going to see that as we unpack the text. In fact, they are at the end of Jesus earthly journey, are they not? They have been taught a lot of things about how the father is, who he is, what his purpose is, his plans are. And they could only know them by watching the relationship between the father and the what? And the son. Are y'all getting me? Now, here's what Jesus says. In a minute, boys, what I know subjectively and factually and experientially is going to be in your heart, too. In a minute, boys, you're going to know that I am in the father and the father is in me and you are in me and I am in you. There will be a level of revelation given to these men that will take them to a capacity of witness and service that they could not do without this promise coming true. 
You see, these 11 men here are about to become the foundation of the New Testament church. These 11 men have their names written on the walls of the New Jerusalem in Revelation 22. In other words, if they actually obey the imperative in front of us, arise, move, and go. They are going to experience a revelation of who God is in Christ in a way in which nobody else on the planet will. It will qualify them and capacitate and resource them to be God's holy apostles. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And see, I want you to now attach that to our theme and mandate. Arise, move, and what? Arise, move, and what? As the Father has sent me, so I'm sending you. And I want to help you understand that in the year 2023, you and I should be giving a greater sensibility and awareness to that mandate in our own life. I'm going to actually try to persuade you that a lot of what's going on in your life by way of raggediness and sinfulness is a failure to arise, move, and go. That a lot of your missing God's glory and understanding his providence and, and, and enjoying the benefits of Christ in you, the hope of glory. We talk about it all the time, right? Jesus is the hope of glory. And every day our lives are so um, obtuse and so chaotic and so disturbed and so frequently disappointing to ourselves. And it's because I can tell you that frequently... You are not arising when you wake up in the morning. You're not missionally moving when you get up. You're not going anywhere. You're going in circles without an objective. See, some of you are hearing me. And if you keep up with me over these 15 messages, it will bless you. Because, see, I'm not even talking about geographical moving or kinetic moving. I'm not talking about changing your job, although all of those things will play a role in God calling you to arise, move, and go. Because some of y'all are stuck. And I've been stuck a long time and have failed to understand the blessing of being a child of the living God. And these men are on the brink of moving into a whole dimension of reality of which if they, can you imagine, this should be at the end of the message, but I'm going to put it out here now. Can you imagine these men not going? Can I say something? You wouldn't know them. They would have no reputation. They would have no influence. They wouldn't have no history. They wouldn't, these men are about to go from being unknown to well-known. These men are about to go from being ordinary to extraordinary. They're about to go from being just human men in a religious experience to supernaturally endowed so that the beast will look at them and say, those brothers been with Jesus. That ought to mean something to you. So let me continue to build the foundation because this is so important for you. You know, this is PJ. This is what I do. This is not going to be one of those make you feel good messages because we didn't made it through 2022. You can be shouting about that. We didn't made it. We didn't made it. 
Over a million people died last night. Some people's cards were pulled from eternity and in time they did not see 2023. God let you and I see it. Some of us celebrated as soon as the clock went to 12. Thank you, Lord, another year in your mercy and in your grace and in your kindness. Because see, some of us who are older, we are much more sensitive to the reality that God doesn't guarantee tomorrow and that he have given us another year. 365 more days, 52 more weeks to try to listen to him and do what he says. That's what I'm telling you. I'm I'm telling you now, quit playing games with your God. Okay, just quit playing games. And I'm, I'm hoping that God graces you to hear me, even if it is difficult. Even if it's difficult, I'm hoping that God graces you to hear me. The son is saying to his disciples, and it's only 11. It's not 12. One of them said, I'm not going. And so he's going to miss out on this elevation of revelation that will bring them to the next level of witness and testimony to God's grace. What's his name? He missed it. Judas slipped out a couple of hours ago. See, we're at the Last Supper. And we're at the table of fellowship right now. And on a circumstantial level, it's equivalent to us coming to church. Because we know by the grace of God in all humility, you don't get some weak, watered down message in this church. We know that. We listen, we know it. In all humility, we know that most of the time God speaks from this pulpit to you. We know it. But what you do when you go out these doors is another issue. And in a minute, the Holy Ghost is going to echo the same things that Jesus just echoed. Jesus said, fellas, it's time to get up. You didn't ate, you're full, you're happy, you're in a most auspicious condition. No better situation can be than to be feeding with Jesus at the table of the last Passover and first Lord's Supper. Is that right? We're about to do that today. A great emblem of the imminent fellowship that we have with the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. But he's about to tell them, fellas, it's time to stop eating and get up from the table and participate with me in the work that my father gave me to do. Now, there are a lot of people that want to come and sit at the table, but really are not ready to get up and go do the work. And I want you to consider again the implications of it. In fact, it was such a radical imperative that 40 days later, in Acts chapter 1, around verse 11, the Holy Ghost said to the 11, because see, they like to just hang around. Now, they're hanging around and they're thinking they're doing pretty good because their head is up. And we got a lot of Christians that like to do this too. What you doing? I'm thinking about Jesus. What you doing? I'm contemplating the Lord. And the angel says, why are you standing around? Why are you standing around? He's not here. He's gone. Now you go 
Isn't that what he says? Now you go. You see, child of God, what I want to get across to you for the year 2023 is that you and I can only affirm this love that the son talks about in relationship to the father in which the Holy Ghost is more than willing to show you in many different ways how I love, love thee. Let me show you the ways. But you and I are only going to know it at a subjective level if we respond to it. And on that note, we will close out today's broadcast of Way of Grace with Pastor Jessica Stand, the ministry of Grace Bible Church right here in Hayward. If you have questions about our broadcast, maybe you would like to spend some time with us worshiping the Lord. We would love to see you. You can get all of that information and reach out to us through our website at grace-bible.com. That's grace-bible.com. Listen to past sermons as well as guest preachers. Again, at our website, grace-bible.com. We'll even let you have any of the notes, sermon notes, that are available from these sermons as well. Again, there's an awful lot of resource material available at our website, grace-bible.com. If you'd like to reach out to us by phone, our number is 510-886-9782. That's 510-886-9782. Sunday services here at the church are at 1030. Friday evening Bible study is at 6.30, Tuesday prayer and Bible study again at 6.30, directions and information again at our website grace-bible.com or by calling 510-886-9782. Would you prayerfully consider partnering with this ministry as we reach out to the Bay Area and the world (laughs) on the World Wide Web? We do so because we are linking arms with other listeners such as yourself. This is a listener-supported ministry. Your gifts, no matter the size and no matter the volume, are great help as we continue this ministry called Way of Grace. Consider that as you reach out to us and join us again next time for another broadcast of Way of Grace with Pastor Jessica Stan. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.